maybe we should all take just like 10 minutes a day to say a prayer about it. I'm serious, like why not? And I'm saying that to you, not as some kind of evangelist, I'm literally saying that to you as an Episcopalian. The Samaritans of our time. And even I have concluded, it might be worth taking just 10 minutes out of your busy schedule to say a prayer for the future. And I hope you will. Come on, what are we talking about? Right, right, and wrong. Come on, what are we talking about? Right, right, and wrong. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Welcome to Right, right and wrong. wrong. This is the show where we try to wake up the woke by talking common sense about the issues of the day. I'm your host, Brian Ruka, and with me as always is my friend and yours, producer Juice. He's known around the world and around the web as the Truth Box because he speaks the truth seven days a week and twice on Sunday. Truth Box, what do you have to say to the folks out there in the right and wrong audience today? I am distrustful of complex ideologies. I do think that you need to start with certain things that you believe are true and act on them if you want to get to the place you desire to be. So um, what I just noticed just as an American, and I'm not an intellectual, I'm a talk show host, so this is a very obvious thing, that our national motto has been redefined to its mirror image. So, of course, it was out of many one. And now it is diversity is our strength. So I think it's fair if you, without asking my consent, replace the core principle of our country, it's fair for me to ask if that principle is worth organizing a country around. <laughs> so I just ask the obvious question. Is diversity our strength? And of course, like so much they say, it's not only untrue, it's the opposite of what is true. It is never true that diversity is our strength. I'm for all kinds of diversity, but they're not our strength. So in other words, is it true in your marriage? The less you have in common with your wife, the stronger your marriage is? We don't even speak the same language. That's why we love each other. (laughs) Is it true in your business? We don't know what we're all doing. Is it true in the military? No, it's insane, actually. It's the opposite, once again, of what is true, what is observably true. Great job, as usual, my man. I cannot wait for the Daily Wire to scoop that man up and uh, get him on 8 p.m. on their website. That'd be great, great stuff for them and for Mr. Tucker. And for us, the consumers. So make it happen, Jeremy Boring. Please make it happen. Speaking of Tucker Carlson, his abrupt firing from Fox News will be one of the topics we get into today. We'll also cover President Unity's announcement that he'll be seeking re-election. The DOJ is now suing the state of Tennessee because the state passed a bill preventing gender-denying care to minors. And the NHL playoffs are in full swing, which leaves me stuck watching commercials once again. And I have some thoughts about that. And in our Come On Man segment of the day, a legendary NBA coach makes a common-sense statement and gets absolutely ripped by a race-hustling analyst. It's now that time in the show where I get to remind you people out there to please like our show. Please subscribe to the show. Please give us a five-star review anywhere that you're listening to us. And, oh, yes, please, please, please tell a friend about us. We'd love the support. Now that we got that out of the way, and now that we've set you up for what's in store for the show today, it is now time for us to call in our good friend, Mr. Ric Flair, because it is showtime, baby. Woo! It takes a village to raise a child. We've heard that saying a thousand times by now. On the surface, it always sounded okay to me. I get why someone would say it, and I always thought that whoever was saying it had the right intention in mind when using it. Hillary Clinton loved using the line. I didn't read much into it when she would say it, other than it being a campaign slogan. I think it generally played well as a slogany thing to say. People hear it and tend to agree with it. Yeah, it does take a village to raise a child. That's true. You know what they say. It takes a village after all. To be honest with you, I never really thought about what the saying was actually saying. Like, what does it mean in action? Who or what is the village? And how is it contributing to raising a child? Well... Leave it to President Unity to say something so blatant that he completely gives away the left's secret playbook. 
Biden ended up doing the same thing that the woke Disney exec did when she said that she's been hiding her not-so-secret gay agenda into the kids' shows that she produces. Biden made this comment the other day, and it immediately got me thinking about the it-takes-a-village line. There's no such thing as someone else's child. No such thing as someone else's child. Our nation's children are all our children. Can you believe that? There's no such thing as someone else's child? You see, the nation's children are all of our children. Remember last week when we talked about the left working to dismantle the family unit? This is how they do it. He's telling you right there. Your children do not belong to you. They belong to the state. They belong to the government. They belong to the left. You know what they say. It does take a village to raise a child, after all. Okay, so let's reset for a minute. It takes a village to raise a child. I don't hate the phrase, but I'm now at the point where I'd like to know what you mean by that when you actually say it. To me, the village is the community that you've established your roots in. The village is the religious community that you're involved in. The village is your family and friends. Think back to the good old days when kids would be out playing outside throughout the neighborhood. Do you remember what would get you so rattled if you ever heard it? A stern, I know your mother and I'll call and tell her what you kids are doing. That, my friends, is the village helping to raise a child. That type of neighborhood watch required that you actually knew who your neighbors were. That system was effective when families still consistently went to church together. That ability to keep an eye out for the community leaned heavily on the fact that the mothers were actually home, not out busting their humps, grinding through, and trying to climb that corporate ladder. There was a huge value in having that mother connection pipeline within the neighborhood. The left chipped away at that importance of having that connection in the community, in the home, in the village, if you will. The feminist movement convinced women that their value laid in the type of career that they could achieve instead of in the type of children they could raise. And you know who swooped in to raise those kids while both parents went to work? The left's village, of course. We've now had generations of kids raised in preschools and daycares. You tell me if it's working. Again, we talked last week about how immature grown adults have become. Do you think it has any correlation with the influence we've allowed the village to have on our children? The Biden administration continues to push for government-funded preschools for kids as young as three years old. Why do they want control of your kids at such a young age? It's because they want to shape them and mold them before you can. It's the same reason why they want to bring kids to drag queen story hours. And the same reason they want to introduce them to transgenderism. If they hook them on this nonsense at an early enough age, then they've got a vote for life. It's common knowledge that as people mature and grow and grow up and start having families, that their voting interests change. It's more common for people to grow into a Republican voter as they begin to start thinking about more than just themselves. But what if you remove the responsibility from a parent to raise their own child? You see, because it does take a village to raise that child. What about if you encourage unnatural sexual relationships starting at extremely young ages? Then more and more kids will pursue relationships where it's physically impossible to naturally produce children. Not very conducive for building families now, is it? How about if the village fills your kids' heads with stories about how if they feel weird or uncomfortable, then they must be in the wrong body? Once they have that surgery, or once they start taking the puberty blockers, they become a patient for life. Is that person going to grow out of that and switch to voting Republican? It's a lot less likely than the gender studies major with blue hair in college growing up and seeing the world differently now that they have a career and a family to think about. It seems obvious to me that the left wishes to destroy the strength of local communities and replace them with a one-size-fits-all national way of life. But there's a reason why we have a Chinatown in every major city across this country. There's a reason why places like Boston's North End has a strong, connected community of Italians living there. Orthodox Jewish communities are small, tight-knit communities for a reason. The people living in these areas and raising their children in these areas 
are choosing to live in a community surrounded by people that hold the same moral standards and values as them. You tell me, does this nation hold a common set of standards and values that we can all agree on in order to raise children as a collective village? No. No. (laughs) Actually, no. (laughs) Biden's side hates children. They do everything in their power to rob children of their innocence. Hell, they rob children of life itself. They actively work to confuse children. They use children as political props. Biden's left will stop at nothing to brainwash and indoctrinate children in our nation into their twisted worldview. The left wants to remove the family and hand over your child to the collective village of the woke. And man, what a dangerous village that is. The left's village will try and teach your kids that a man dressed in women's lingerie deserves more respect than a police officer does. Well, I'm here to tell President Unity that he can shove his village where the sun don't shine because my kids don't belong to him or his twisted village. I'll raise my own kids in the village of my choice, not yours. My kids are being raised in a village that believes in Jesus Christ, a village that recognizes the truth. In my village, we know the difference between good and evil. We understand what's right and what's wrong. So the next time someone tells you that it takes a village to raise a child, please make sure you ask them to explain what they mean by that. All right, so it's that time in the show where we get to bring you the rights and wrongs of the week. So let's jump right into the topics today. Right off the bat, we're going to go to Tucker Carlson getting canned from Fox News. Well, this is easily the biggest story of the week, and it completely came out of left field uh, when Fox News parted ways with the most successful conservative voice on national news these days. Mainstream news all over the place. Tucker's got huge ratings huge voice and a uh, very large following. So this one definitely came as a shock to everybody out there. Well, there are all sorts of theories going around as to why this actually happened. Did it have to do with the lawsuit that they just settled with the voting machine company? Did it have to do with a sexual harassment or an uncomfortable work environment lawsuit that's uh, impending? I don't know. I'm going with the theory about the comments that Tucker made during his speech uh, over the weekend at a Heritage Fund event. He was like the keynote speaker, I believe, and Tucker's speech was pretty religious and basically painted today's argument as a battle of the good versus the evil. Tucker made the point that people nowadays, at least politically, it's progressed past the point of people just having common policy disagreements. Maybe he listens to the show because we've been making that point here for a while as well. But basically, Tucker's point was that one side is committing human sacrifice. One side's advocating for destruction. They want to tear down everything that makes this country great or that made this country great. They want to destroy children in the womb. They want to perform sex changes on children. So his his simple point was that this is barbaric stuff. He he literally said this is like the Aztecs. And he said that that it's gotten past the point of just being able to have a debate about, you know, again, a policy disagreement. That we've gotten to the point where this stuff has taken on an all new meaning. And he called for simply taking 10 minutes a day to say a prayer. Just like you heard when the show started today. That's the comment he made. And apparently, that really pissed off Rupert Murdoch. That did not sit well for some reason. And I think Tucker might be kind of insinuating something with the comments he made when he released a video on Wednesday uh, breaking his silence after the abrupt firing. So I think we have that clip. Uh, Juice, you want to tee that one up for us? Good evening. It's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true, and a bunch of hilarious people also, a lot of those. It's got to be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. 
The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. The comments that stood out to me during that were that we're in a one-party state and about the corporate culture having control of everything. And I believe that that is so true. We have these court gesture Republicans that are there to just present the facade of, uh, of, of a difference of opinion. They're there just to make it look like there are two parties at play here. When in reality, they all just want to keep their seats of power. That's exactly what I think of when I see a Mitt Romney type. That guy doesn't care that he's always on the, the short end of the stick. He just cares that he's actually in the game still. And that's all he's worried about. He's not worried about conserving conservatism. He's not worried about conserving the country in the values that we were founded on. He's worried about conserving his position of power. And this Tucker thing reeks of that. It's not about that lawsuit because Hannity was saying stuff like that too. So was Laura Ingram. They're both still well-employed, gainfully employed. Hannity, to me, is the epitome of someone that's happy to have his seat where he is. He's loving that he's in that 9 p.m. slot, happy to not talk about something that the powers that be don't want him to talk about, and happy to push the agenda of what they do want him to talk about. Tucker, on the other hand, spoke for himself. Tucker called out the corporate nonsense. He called out both sides of the of the aisle for, for being joined at the hip at times. He dug deep into issues that people actually cared about. Hannity just cares about squinting into the camera, happy to be there. And I'm starting to believe more and more that Fox News is just happy to be in the position they are. They just like that they're at the, at the table. They have a seat at that table. And it seems like Tucker didn't kowtow to what they wanted him to do and say. So eventually this was going to happen and better now than never, I guess. I just hope that he's not stuck without being able to make a move somewhere. I did hear that there was a, you know, non-compete clause in his contract, this, that, and the other thing. So hopefully that gets worked out because having him on the sidelines, on the bench, all through the 2024 presidential election would be a damn shame. How did the left react to the Tucker news? Well, they were giddy, of course. The View was was singing na-na-na-na and doing dances. AOC happened to chime in with her smug look on her face, acting like she probably had something to do with it. I'm sure she thinks she had something to do with it because she was calling him out just the day before in an interview with Jen Psaki. So she might be circling back to that interview now and saying that she caused Tucker to get fired. But 
Anyways, Juice, you get the clip of AOC gloating? All right, pull that one up for us, buddy. Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. Um, what I will say, though, is while I'm very glad that the person that is arguably responsible for the some of the largest driving some of the most uh, amounts of death threats and violent threats, not just to my office, but to plenty of people across the country. Um, I also kind of feel like I'm like waiting for the cutscene at the end of a Marvel movie after all the credits have rolled. And then you see like the villains like hand reemerge out to grip, grip over like the end of a building or something. But deplatforming works and it is important and um there you go good things can happen. oh she's so annoying deplatforming works I'm not against deplatforming i want dylan mulvaney to be deplatformed but for a agent of the government to be gloating that a news anchor was deplatformed that kind of thing is a little scary don't you think what happened to freedom of the press? Even if she doesn't agree with him, like him, she shouldn't be openly calling for him to be deplatformed. If she wasn't worried about him, she'd be happy to give him his platform and just be able to point out where he's wrong, what he's wrong about. But they don't want to do that. The left can't do that because they are the liars. People on our side, people like Tucker, we tell the truth. Something as simple as a boy can't become a girl and a girl can't become a boy. AOC can't argue against that. So she'd rather just try and get you deplatformed. And you you hear that that stupid Marvel movie reference? That that's her showing that she's hip and she's cool. See guys, I can I can reference a Marvel movie. Oh, the cutscene at the end. The stupidest invention of movies, by the way. Absolutely hate that movies do that nowadays. Have to sit there and watch all the stupid credits roll. Have to see who was on the B team, camera roll team. See who was the stunt coordinator. See some executive producers, cousins, nephews, twice removed son getting credit for something just for being born. We get to see the stand-ins. I'm all set with that. But everyone, ooh, you gotta stay till the end to see the cutscene. Oh, what cutscene's going to happen at the end of a Marvel movie? Oh, Ant-Man going to show up? Captain America going to show up? You don't know. Whoop, got to stick around. And if you couldn't tell, I don't like Marvel movies. I think the whole thing's a joke. But that's her being hip for her people. And she knows Marvel movies, baby. All right, I'm done with this one. Next. There is nothing wrong with preparing the food that your neighbors will eat. There is nothing wrong with driving the buses that take your family to work. Ain't nothing wrong with that. In other words, yo, my brother, sup? That's not bad for a girl who grew up in an all-white suburb in leafy Westchester County as the daughter of the president of an architectural firm. (laughs) This next story is kind of interesting, at least to me it is. Uh, The DOJ is suing the state of Tennessee over new legislation passed to prevent minors from having gender-denying care performed on them. What's that mean? Remember a little while back when we talked about how Tennessee passed that new legislation and it was going to, you know, remove the ability for crazy doctors and creepy parents to get their children on puberty blockers, Yeah. have castration done to them because of this trans nonsense? Yeah. The state of Tennessee was shutting that down for minors, people under the age of 18, and they were going to allow children to sue their parents in the future if they did do that to them. Great, great piece of legislation. Love that they're doing that. Now, Biden's DOJ is suing the state over that, and they're trying to make it into a civil rights argument. So reading from an article written by Tim Pierce of the Daily Wire, The Department of Justice sued Tennessee on Wednesday over a state law prohibiting hormone treatments and surgeries for minors. Tennessee's ban on sex change treatments for minors violates the Equal Protection Clause, the DOJ said in a statement. The law discriminates against transgender youth diagnosed with gender dysphoria, 
blocking sex change treatments for them while allowing non-transgender minors access to the same or similar procedures. What? Come on, man. That's absolutely nuts to me. So in one breath, you're saying diagnosed with gender dysphoria, and now you're also complaining that they're blocking the sex change treatments for them? No, I'm sorry. Gender dysphoria is a real thing. The solution to gender dysphoria is not to change their sex. It's to give them treatment. It's to help them realize that they are okay being who they are. I've made this point a thousand times, but the person who goes into the doctor's office and weighs 80 pounds soaking wet, claiming to be fat and obese because they're anorexic, they're not told, yes, you are fat and obese. Keep starving yourself. Look at me. I'm a big fat slob. No, they're they're given treatment to understand why they psychologically think that, why they don't have confidence in their own body, why they are feeling the things they're feeling. They're not just all of a sudden indulged in their fantasy. The doctor's not sitting there going, yeah, fatty, go throw up. Stop eating. It's ridiculous. Back to the article. Quote, no person should be denied access to necessary medical care just because of their transgender status, said Assistant Attorney General Kristen Clark. The right to consider your health and medically approved treatment options with your family and doctors is a right that everyone should have, including transgender children who are especially vulnerable to serious risks of depression, anxiety, and suicide. The Civil Rights Division of the Justice Department will continue to aggressively challenge all forms of discrimination and unlawful barriers faced by the LGBTQI plus community. Will you guys listen to the language that that person used? The left is always trying to remove the ability to question or debate by hiding behind lab coats in their expert class. The state of Tennessee voted to remove that, quote, medically approved treatment option. They've determined that it is not approved in their state. So take a hike with that one. You're not going to hide behind these kook doctors who benefit by performing these surgeries in prescribing these drugs. They are cashing in on this. Of course, they're going to approve this stuff. The people have the right to vote on these things. The people, through their representatives, get to decide how and what their government can control and regulate. And the state of Tennessee has every right to do that. Biden and his strong-arm DOJ is trying to disrupt that. Don't let it happen. Next. If you have people who are saying, I have an idea, let's castrate the next generation. Let's sexually mutilate children. I'm sorry, that's not a political debate. What? There's nothing to do with politics. What's the outcome we're desiring here? An androgynous population? Is that really what we are? We arguing for that? I don't, I don't think anyone could like, defend that as a positive outcome. But the weight of the government and uh, you know, a lot of corporate interests are behind that. All right, how about this one? President Unity ended up uh, releasing a re-election campaign video the other day. And uh, boy, he's filled with energy. Nothing in this clip has him talking for more than like maybe 15 seconds at a time. It's all just like mini clips of him saying stuff mixed in with uh, scare tactics and doom and gloom images. So... Let's just go right to the video. Juice, you got that one? Freedom. Personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term, to fight for our democracy. This shouldn't be a red or blue issue protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. Cutting Social Security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy. Dictating what healthcare decisions women can make. Banning books and telling people who they can love. All while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. 
When I ran for president four years ago, I said we're in a battle for the soul of America, and we still are. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead, we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election. Because I know America. I know we're good and decent people. I know we're still a country that believes in honesty and respect and treating each other with dignity. That we're a nation where we give hate no safe harbor. We believe that everyone is equal, that everyone should be given a fair shot to succeed in this country. Thank you for choosing us. Every generation of Americans have faced a moment when they have to defend democracy. Stand up for our personal freedom. Stand up for the right to vote and our civil rights. And this is our moment. If you're with me, go to JoeBiden.com and sign up. Let's finish this job. I know we can. Because this is the United States of America. There's nothing, simply nothing we cannot do if we do it together. It's time to finish the job. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. How about start the job? You haven't done jack since you got in other than make the country worse, ruin the economy, dismantle everything good that the president before you did. That's your job? Is that what you're going to do? Keep dismantling? You're going to pack the courts next? What are you going to do next? Notice that he hasn't talked about anything that he's done or accomplished in the previous four years, or I guess three at this point. Um, He hasn't told you how great he's made things. He just wants to continue to scare you about the big, bad, mega Republicans taking over. He's been a terrible president. He's made the country worse. Do the old Reagan line. Ask yourself, are you better now than you were four years ago? Because the answer is no. You're not better off now. Steal your right to vote. They want to take away your freedoms. Sorry, I don't believe that you have the freedom to do, say, or be anything you want to do, say, or be at any point in time. We have rules in this country. We have laws to abide by. We have regulations in place for a reason. This guy. What a joke. Well, how about the fact that he's going to be 86 years old at the end of an eight-year run if he does get reelected? Well, the world's blackest, gayest press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. She uh, was asked about, um, does Biden intend to run for the whole term? Does he intend to stay in place for the whole four years if he does win a re-election? And uh, she was quite clear with what she had to say. Juice, you got that one? Does the president um, plan to serve all eight years? I'm not I'm just not going to get ahead of the president. That's something for him to decide. I'm just not going to get ahead of it. And we're there's a 2024 uh, campaign. Anything related to that, I would refer you to that. How dumb are these people? That's the easiest layup you could have. Yes, of course he does. Wouldn't be running if he didn't. Like why why would you make that more difficult on yourself? Why do you think you have to dodge that? And the question was asked again because if he does serve all eight Years, if he is reelected, he'd be 86 when he's out. And there is speculation that he's going to run just to just to try and win and then step down, hand it over to Cacklin Camella. <laughs> the president of the United States. <laughs> me? Oh, give me a Venn diagram of how that's going to happen. Yeah, that's the reason why the question was asked. All she had to say was, of course he does. Yep. That's why he's running. He wouldn't run if he didn't want to serve four years. Simple. 
but these people are so incompetent and so bad at what they do, they can't even handle one of those questions. But give them four more years to finish the job, folks. Next. I'm prepared to say that I have a record of over 40 years and that I'm going to beat Joe Biden. No end of quote. Repeat the line. And that I'm going to beat Joe Biden. Whoa. All right. So this one has really been grinding my gears lately. The NHL playoffs has started, which is the best time of the year. Absolutely love these things. Bruins need to close things out. Hopefully, by the time you hear this, they already have against the Florida Panthers. But having to watch live sports leaves me stuck having to watch live commercials again. So used to streaming things, watching things on demand, blah, blah, blah. Just like you guys, that we don't really have to watch commercials that much anymore. But watching the NHL playoffs uh, has me stuck watching these god-awful commercials. Specifically, that Amazon commercial that comes on every time they go to commercial. You know the one, the stupid girl that needs to wax her ugly mustache and her weirdo-looking teeth that decides instead to buy a leather jacket to look like Freddie Mercury then come dancing into school? The sad thing is, I the, the song always catches me. I get stuck singing it, and now I'm going to make you guys be stuck singing it as well. But the commercial's disgusting. Bring back femininity. Don't teach our kids that they girls should be having mustaches. That it's 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 girl power to rock your mustache and just buy a leather jacket instead because who cares what other people think of you? That's the message you're trying to send, or I don't know if it's trans nonsense, non-binary nonsense, who knows? And then they have to zoom in on the thing at the end of the commercial, too? Disgusting. Ugh. You're welcome. Now you guys are going to be singing that for the rest of the day now, too. But I, I wish all the kids in the class just pointed and laughed at this fool dancing around in the class with her ugly mustache. Absolutely creepy. Disgusting. What? Who thought of that? It's aggravating because I want to boycott Amazon so bad, but that one's a lot tougher than the Bud Light boycott. What about the other one? The other one drives me nuts, too. I haven't seen it quite as much lately, but that Pfizer commercial with, you know, the one with Pink, Michael Phelps, the old lady, and the fat guy. <laughs> yeah, that one. It used to drive me nuts. I feel like it was on more during, like, the football playoffs and uh, the NCAA basketball tournament. I, again, I'm going to jinx myself and probably be stuck watching it now during the next Bees game, but it was so stupid and just manipulative, and, and it just speaks to the way that, that the left and the establishment has control over all of the major levers in our lives. They have it all, and they still get mad at someone like a Tucker Carlson on Fox News. They can't even give you one voice. They They get you with everything and this is more effective than the the cnn shows and the msnbc shows because people have to choose to tune into those things people are just trying to watch sports trying to watch a game and they're getting stuck with these commercials like this if this were the real covid19 i would be in real trouble because i have asthma and i have depression i have diabetes Hold on, hold on, hold on. So asthma, depression, and struggle with your weight? Kind of fixable. You know, I mean, asthma, eh, it is what it is. Like, I, I don't think asthma is a serious, serious type of thing. Like, yeah, you have your, you have your puffer. You, you know, you need it. But asthma, really? Diabetes, I'll give you. All right. Somebody who's diabetic, especially early on with this pandemic thing, I could see them being a little bit more cautious and wary. But come on, depression, overweight, do something about it. Being overweight it isn't a foregone conclusion. You don't have to remain overweight. And that was part of the problem with this stuff in the first place. Instead of encouraging people to live healthy lives, they encourage people to just Sit back, hunker down, and wait for this vaccine. All right, go ahead. Keep it, keep it going. For us, COVID is a whole different ballgame. 
In fact, you could be one of almost 200 million Americans with a high risk factor that makes COVID even riskier. Which is why you need to be ready and have a plan. Other risk factors include heart disease or being inactive. Even being over 50 or being a smoker will get you at serious risk. Could that be you? Find out. Go to noplanegood.com and read risk factors. Then make a plan. Because if you get COVID on top of asthma, like I did, the last thing you want to do is wait and see. Be ready. Have a plan. And ask your doctor about treatment options that may help. Come on. They're ridiculous with this stuff. They gave more airtime to overweight and depression than smoking and heart disease. They just slipped those things in. Yeah, I think somebody who's been a lifelong smoker probably is going to have a little bit more problem with a um with a with a virus that could affect your breathing in your lungs. And again, I I know I kind of ripped on asthma a little bit there, and maybe I shouldn't, maybe I should, I don't know, but it's just insane. The the commercial goes on to to ramble about, oh, there's over five hundred thousand causes that could put you at serious risk and of, of of need for this vaccine and at health risk. Everything. Everything that happens to you could put you at, at a higher risk. You sleep on the wrong side of the bed, you're at higher risk of catching COVID. You get a Charlie horse. Bump your shin, stub your toe, higher risk. What are they gonna come up with next? Again, and absolutely bury the fact that smoking, heart disease. Okay, those I'll give you. Those could be reasons. I still don't think that that would be a reason to take this vaccine. How many people have gotten the inflamed hearts after taking the vaccine? That might not be good for your heart disease. What about just keeping with good exercise, good health, trying to eat better, trying to stay mentally fresh. You can do all those things on your own without this untested vaccine. And then this just goes to show with that overall problem in this country that we allow drug companies to commercialize their products directly to consumers. Most other countries don't allow that. You see a commercial like that? Again, they listed 15 million reasons for needing their their medicine. Anybody watching that can come up with a reason why they need to take that Pfizer vaccine. Oh, they said boo 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 boo. All these factors could be could be a reason why you need this medicine. So, how many people are going to hear that and be like, "Oh, I need that." And that's what they're hoping for. They get these jackasses passing around that weird-looking ball that's supposed to be I don't I don't know what is it? Is it a is it a germ? They're passing a germ from screen to screen. I struggle with weight. I can't believe that guy. I struggle with weight and Phelps. I struggle with depression. There's things you can do about it other than jab yourself with this vaccine, you morons. Stop trying to sell it to the American people. Next. I'm headed out. I'm going to go get my fifth booster. Okay. Everyone do your part. All right. And that'll do it for the rights and wrongs of the week. Always a good time with those. Guys, please remember to subscribe to the show. Give us a five-star review. Give us a big thumbs up like and uh, drop a comment on there, too, if you don't mind. We love to hear from you. Next. So we've gotten to the point in the show where we get to do our come on, man, segment of the day. For those of you who don't know, this is a time in the show where we like to play a clip from someone, play a video from someone who just says or does something so ridiculous, so absurd that even though we're going to make fun of them for a couple of minutes here, there's really not much else we could say to them except, come on, man. So without further ado, what happened this week? What are we going to talk about? Well, we're going to go to the NBA and uh, visit from a back and forth little comment thing with legendary coach Phil Jackson and former player Jalen Rose. So, for those of you who don't know, Phil Jackson is, I think he has the most championships of any coach in the history of the league. Uh, I never liked the guy when he actually coached because he coached Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen for the Chicago Bulls. Pretty easy to win championships with those two. Uh, Took a few years off and then came back uh, into the league to coach Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. So no wonder why the guy racked up a bunch of championships. He's a little bit of a jackass in his press conferences and stuff too. You know, 
Zen master. He'd kind of talk about that, like meditation and crap like that. So he was a little bit of a tool, but he was on a podcast recently and he pretty much, uh, he said that he doesn't watch the league anymore, that it's become unwatchable for him. And let's go to the clip so we can find out why. Juice, you got that? They did something that was kind of wanky. They did a bubble down in Orlando. They even had slogans on the floor, on the baseline. It was trying to cater to an audience or trying to bring a certain audience into play. And it, they didn't know it was turning other people off. People want to see sports as non-political. Yep, I'll agree with that. Remember the NBA started writing Black Lives Matter on the court. Things like end racism. That's what they had when they went in the bubble and they all started wearing jerseys that had slogans on the back of them instead of their names. Jackson had said in in other comments that, uh, you know, him and his grandkids would be watching and started laughing because the announcer saying justice passes to equal opportunity. That's not not a joke. Not a joke, people. I, I, I'm not kidding. That was really on, on these players' backs. They got to put whatever they wanted on the, on the back of their jersey in response to the George Floyd nonsense. So that's the type of stuff these players were wearing on their jerseys instead of just their standard last name. And Jackson was like, all right, I'm out. I'm done. This is ridiculous. And I can't blame him. I haven't watched the NBA in forever, and it's more so because the sport is just unwatchable with the foul calls and the complaining and the, you know, wokeism doesn't help either. That's been the icing on top, but I kind of tuned out of that league a little bit sooner than that stuff really started happening just because of the unwatchability of it. It's just tough. I love college basketball. I watch that all day, but the NBA, ugh. And a lot of people felt the same way about the NFL when they started taking knees during the anthem and doing that nonsense too. They lost a lot of viewers with that and they quickly changed their tune. So Jackson's point is valid to me. I think it's it's true. And I think you got a real problem when you're losing people like that as a viewer. The the people that are into it because of the social, you know, culture stuff, the activism stuff, they're not gonna stick with you. They'll find a new flavor of the month at some point. You're not ever gonna be able to satisfy that that crowd. You're never gonna be able to go far enough for them. So they'll turn on you, they'll leave you. And in the meantime, you're going to lose your actual fan base. You're going to lose people who actually enjoy the sport and like watching the sport. You're playing a dangerous game with that stuff, and it's going to bite you in the ass. It really will. So now that you know about what Jackson said, um, we have ESPN analyst Jalen Rose, who took exception to Jackson's comments, and he reacted to them. So he's, the, uh, he's going to be the focus of our segment today. Mr. Rose. So, Juice, you want to pull him up for us? You can't make this up. Hall of Fame coach and 11-time champion Phil Jackson claims to have stopped supporting the NBA because it became too political when it went into the bubble and was catering to certain audiences by putting slogans on the back of jerseys and Black Lives Matter on the floor. The same Phil Jackson that won championships with some of the greatest black athletes in the history of the game, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant made millions on their backs and off their sweat equity. You're sitting up watching a game with your grandkids and y'all think it's funny when justice passes the ball to equal opportunity. When somebody shows you who they are, believe them. So stop watching forever. When somebody shows you who they are, believe them. What does that mean? Yeah, but I believe that he doesn't want to watch a game where equal opportunity is passing it to justice. I absolutely believe him because I don't want to watch that either. I don't want to watch a game where pro-choice throws an alley-oop to hands up, don't shoot, or indigenous people passes over to say her name, or end racism is guarding my body, my choice. Justice over to equal opportunity. Back to indigenous peoples. Yeah, nobody wants to watch that crap, Rose. Come on. 
That's absolutely absurd, and it should be laughed at and mocked and ridiculed because it's pandering, pandering to woke Americans, pandering to a certain ideology that's going to get suckered into that stuff. You're trying to call him out for making millions off the sweat equity of black men? Get out of here with that. You guys are trying to do the same thing off the backs of woke white liberals. That's who you're catering to. That's who you're trying to make money off of. And you're being disingenuous with it. Jackson didn't use those guys. They're pro athletes. There were men who were there to win championships, to play a sport that they love, to be the best athletes that they could be. And Jackson got the best out of them. He coached them and he won championships. He didn't use them. They were paid millions of dollars for it. He, he brought them more fame and attention by winning because that's how you get more access, more commercial spots. That's how you sell more of your products by being a champion, by being a winner. And he helped get them there. He was a part of that. He didn't use them. You're a joke, Jalen Rose. You're the same man who once ripped a fellow black man, Grant Hill, by calling him an Uncle Tom. You didn't like Grant Hill because he spoke proper English in press conferences instead of using slang. You didn't like Grant Hill because he wore a shirt and tie with a suit coat instead of dressing like you. So he wasn't black enough for you. Jalen Rose is a race hustler, and he's at it again with this stuff, with his comments to Jackson. What a tool that guy is. Oh, when people tell you who they are, believe them. Yeah, we believe you, Jalen Rose. We believe you. You're a man who doesn't believe that a fellow black man is black enough unless he talks like you. Unless he dresses like you. Unless he behaves in the same way you behave. You didn't think Grant Hill was black enough because he had two parents in his home. You didn't like that about him. You thought he was a privileged Uncle Tom because of that. Why don't you have... On the back of your jersey. And black on black violence. Black on black violence passes to white woke person. Go with that. Why'd you have to add the other things? You know what you guys were doing. And it worked for you. But Phil Jackson has every right to call you out for what it was. Don't try and act like you're above it all. Like you were, you were out for the greater good. No, you people profited off of that. That's what it was all about. It wasn't about change. It wasn't about trying to do the right thing. It was about the mighty dollar, as always. And that's what you were, you were catering to, pandering to. And you turn people like Jackson off. You turn people like me off. You turn a lot of people off with that stuff. So, Jalen Rose, you, my friend, have earned yourself one big, fat, classic. Come on, man. And that's our show for today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show. Tell a friend about us. And until next week, nope, 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 I'm sorry. We're going to take a vacation week next week. So in two weeks, we will be back. So until then, thanks for having me. The Right and Wrong Show is produced by Juice. Executive producer, Juice. Audio mixer is Juice. Hair by Skull Shavers. Wardrobe and Makeup by Ashley Ruka. Right and Wrong Song created by Juice. The Right and Wrong Show is copyright 2022 from Brian Ruka.